the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Monday edition, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you all with us. I'm working remotely today because, I don't know, a little scratchy throat. That's it. Mild congestion, super mild. In any other era, I would plow through, not give it a thought, work out, go to work, interact with friends. But this era, you can't do that. You have to be uh, uber sensitive and uber respectful of others. So, I'm working remotely if that introduces some technological challenges. Uh, I apologize, but I hope to be back in the studio soon, and we will see. Uh, No, I have not tested. First of all, I don't want to waste my time running all over town to get a test. (laughs) And second of all, I wouldn't prove anything. I'm going to be fine that much. I know. I'm not the only one in this situation. Although, well, I can't say that my situation exactly mirrors that of Ohio State basketball coach Chris Holtman because he has been tested. Oh, my goodness. You can't exist on the Ohio State campus without them testing you every time you take a breath. Students yesterday moved into the dorms. In the past, they've moved in, then tested. And if they test positive, they will quarantine you in COVID jail. This time, they had to test before they went into the dorms, even though every measure from every country and the fact that our death toll is not nearly even remotely close to what it was before from Omicron, uh, not even close to what it was under Delta or the original iteration of COVID. No, it doesn't matter. It's now it's just all tests, test, 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 19,000 positive tests yesterday. In Ohio. Oh, my. we have to lock down. So Ohio State yesterday, before they'd allow you to move into your dorm room, you had to test negative. And every week, every week you have to test at Ohio State. Now, that's fine. They want to enact their policies, but just be consistent in your policy. Okay. So yesterday, Chris Holtman could not coach the Ohio State basketball team. Turned out Ohio State won the game with assistant coach Jake Diebler taking over. Another assistant coach, Ryan Peden, couldn't coach either. The most noteworthy thing about yesterday's game, besides the fact that EJ Liddell was unconscious hitting five straight threes in the first five minutes, was that there were no concession sales in Value City Arena for Ohio State's basketball game yesterday. None. No hot dogs, no nachos, no pretzels, no city barbecue, no any barbecue, no pizza, nothing, okay? Because I guess the logic would be you stand in line at the concession stands, you increase the potential for people to be sitting, standing next to each other. Did they socially distance in the stands? Well, not not by edict. There were very few people there. But no, not by eating. So, okay, this I'm sure is the argument. Well, we don't have concessions because we don't want people to stand next to each other in the concession line. Okay, I get that. Tell me then why the night before 
in Value City Arena, not a nationwide arena, at Value City Arena, in the same venue on Saturday night where they had Winter Jam, a concert, they had concessions. And on Sunday afternoon at 5.30, they did not have concessions. Now, explain to me what is remotely consistent about that policy. And I'm sure the answer is because Winter Jam must have paid for some kind of a cut of the concessions. And Ohio State didn't want to pony up the dough from backing out of the contract, or they couldn't at that late juncture. And so they went ahead with concessions on Sunday night. There had to be some element contractually that precluded Ohio State from having complete control of the concession decision on Saturday night. But they obviously had complete control of the concession decision on Sunday, and so they nixed it. So you got to sit there through a basketball game with no Coke, no Diet Coke, no Sprite. At least you can go home knowing that the fried food variant of COVID is on the run thanks to this nonsensical policy that changed from Saturday night to Sunday afternoon. Now, Ohio State's vaccination rate is, they say, 92.5%. 92.5%. Yet, in December, we had a 22-day layoff by the basketball team, each player of whom has been vaccinated twice and boosted. Chris Holtman, the coach, has been vaccinated and boosted. So has Ryan Peden. So tell me again what good these therapeutics labeled vaccines are really doing if young, healthy guys playing basketball at Ohio State, and they're young and healthy, and Chris Holtman, who for his age, I think it's about 45, is extremely healthy. Tell me what good these vaccines are doing. It's all theater with the illusion of protection, the complete illusion of protection. Now, here's what's not an illusion. You're out and about this weekend. Did you check the Columbus gas prices going by the pump? If you're like me, you try not to fill up on the weekends because the weekends you pay more. Did you notice gas prices across Columbus are up 16 cents a gallon? 16 cents. Our average is now well over $3, $3.11 per gallon. What do you think gas prices were per gallon on average, according to Gas Buddy in Columbus, Ohio? January the 9th of 2021. How about 80.5 cents lower? 80.5 cents lower. You know, Joe Biden's giving you the uh, $1,400 stimulus check. He's trying, if Joe Manchin would let him, to build back better. He's giving you the American Rescue Plan. He wants to give you free child care. He wants to forgive your student debt. What would make a real appreciable difference in the lives of most Americans? All that nonsense? Or if gas prices hovered around 230 instead of 310? I would submit the latter. That would touch everybody. Pretty much everybody. You say, well, what about the people who take the bus first? Well, you think, think bus fares might change if gas prices stay high? I think they might. And this is something that has been 100% in the control of the Biden administration. They have made the purposeful decision 
to shut the Keystone XL pipeline, to cease the drilling on federal lands. They want gas prices to go higher. They want to force you at whatever your pain point is to drive less, to buy an electric car, to stop driving. They want to make it so painful for you to have the convenience of being able to go wherever you want to go, whenever you want to go there. Because it's a political win with their green energy advocates and climate change wackos. I think Joe Biden well knows that our carbon footprint doesn't make one bit of difference as long as India and China and Russia and other countries around the world don't join in with us. I think he knows that. Even in his addled mind, I think he knows that. But I also think that first and foremost, Joe Biden and the Democrats are about power and preserving what few zealous voting blocks they still have. And they're losing, thankfully, their hold on a bigger portion of the African-American vote than they've ever lost. Funny thing about voters, they don't like it when their neighborhoods become so violent they can't walk down the street. They don't like it when their kids gravitate toward violence because Democratic-controlled, democratically loyal teachers unions shut down schools and force kids to, ha, quote-unquote, learn via virtual classes. They don't like that. They want their kids in school. They want their kids off the street. They want to be able to know, can I get up and go to work today, or do I have to stay home and watch my kids all day? We have three Columbus City schools closed today. I think Reynoldsburg has some schools closed today. Westerville has made some changes in its schools. I feel for people in these districts because my wife and I go over our schedule every single day. You got the kids today? Do I have the kids today? Who's taking them to school? Who's picking them up? What time? This, that, the other. And we don't have the wild card thrown in of, oh, school's closed today. Can't go to work today. Got we don't have that wild card thrown in. I feel for you if you have that wild card thrown in. And heaven forbid you're a single mom, a single dad. You're scrambling to try to get everything taken care of, and you think, whew, I can take a sigh of relief today. I've got tomorrow covered. One day at a time, I've got tomorrow covered. And then, whoops, no bus service tomorrow. Whoops, we're learning virtually tomorrow. I don't trust the public schools to tell the truth on why their schools are closed. They have an out. Nobody's going to argue. Oh, we don't have enough bus drivers. Oh, we don't have enough teachers. Nobody's going to argue that. And how are you going to get the numbers to find out if that's true or not? Chicago is one of the few places where the teachers are so powerful, they say the quiet part out loud. Yeah, we don't want to go to work. We don't want to go to work. We're not going to go to work. Locally here, I'm not sure that's the, that's the situation. So you get the chance to adjust. Now, the Chicago situation with the teachers union is deplorable. We have our own crazy um, allegiance here locally in the Columbus City Schools to status quo as opposed to what the kids and the parents really want. You see that in the fact that Columbus City Schools has joined this lawsuit against the expansion of charter schools in the state of Ohio, the expansion of Ed Choice scholarships so that everybody, you don't have to have an income qualifier to get an Ed Choice scholarship. You have as a consumer 
the right to get some of the money that the state spends on schools for your kid. You have a right to get your hands on some of that money to cut away about half of what the lowest price private schools charge for tuition. So that's something that Columbus City Schools has in common with Chicago's teachers union is they don't want that. Now we have another thing in our city that they have in big cities. Yes, the smash and grab robbery. It's happening right here in our suburbs. Did you hear? You didn't? Well, I'll give you the details next on the Bruce Hooley Show. I do not frequent the malls of Columbus very much anymore because they are not as safe as they used to be. And what I'm going to tell you next, we'll point that out. We have what I think is one of our first major smash and grabs. You've seen them on the West Coast. You've seen them in New York. You've seen them in Chicago, Philadelphia, your major cities. Well, not to be outdone. Our Mayor Andrew Ginther now presides over a city where we have these smash and grabs in areas where you would not expect such things to happen. Since we do not have a downtown mall anymore, the thieves have to branch out to the suburbs. So on January the 2nd, right about 6 p.m., right after the Farrah Jewelers store closed inside the mall at Tuttle Crossing, a very safe area of town, we thought. Four suspects, of course, wearing COVID masks. Isn't that nice that we've helped our criminals mask themselves so that when they walk into a mall mask, we don't think, oh, are they up to no good? No, they're just respecting their fellow Americans by wearing a mask. So the Farrah Jewelers was closed, had the drop-down metal closure thingy over the front. They got in anyway. I've always wondered how secure those things are. Not very, apparently. At least not to a sledgehammer, because a sledgehammer was left behind. So they broke into the cases, and they took, gold chains and bracelets and a lot of them had diamonds in them 250 grand 250 grand is the estimated cost this is a family business they've been in business a long time they just relocated to the mall at Tuttle Crossing probably why because the area of the town they were in they thought wasn't as safe as good old Dublin Ohio right there on the cusp of Dublin and Hilliard but now because Bad people are, if nothing else, copycats of other bad people who get away with bad things. We have the smash and grabs right here in Columbus, Ohio, and there will be more. And maybe Andrew Ginther will get up and stage one of his very typical press conferences. We will not stand for this. We will do everything we can to stop this. This is unacceptable. This is not what life is like in Columbus. All the things he said after teenagers were murdered at Bicentennial Park and murdered on the east side of town. And all the things he said after a nine-year-old and a six-year-old were gunned down in an assassination. He'll say those things again. And they will have just as much impact as they had before. None. None. Because until Andrew Ginther, Zach Klein is law director, Shannon Harden is city council president, until they, and Elaine Bryan is police chief, not just say, but actually put teeth into making the law enforcement personnel in this city understand that they have the backing of the people in power, then these kinds of things will continue and the violence will escalate and good people will be hurt 
because sometimes there's going to be one of these things happen and a good citizen will try to get involved. They will try to get a license plate. They will try to impede the escape of one of the bad guys. And something bad will happen. Somebody will be hit with a blunt force trauma type object. Somebody will be shot. Perhaps a child will be taken, kidnapped to help them get away. It is not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so that is yet another instance where Columbus is starting to not take a backseat to other cities where bad things are happening routinely because we have limp-wristed, feckless prosecutors and mayors who won't do what has worked down throughout the ages to retard this kind of activity, and that is punishment and consequences for action. This is not the democratic way of doing things. Did you see what Kamala Harris and people around her are telling the New York Times? She is complaining that her treatment by the press, not her treatment by Republicans, her treatment by the press, excuse me, Kamala Harris is getting bad press? Where? From Fox News? From the Daily Wire? From the few conservative outlets out there that exist? Is she getting bad press? Is Nicole Wallace lighting up Kamala Harris on MSNBC? Is Joy Reid taking Kamala Harris to task for the fact that it took her 90 days to go to the border and she didn't even really go to the border? She didn't go to Del Rio, Texas. She went to El Paso, Texas. Did I miss that? Did I miss Chris Hayes lighting up all of Kamala Harris's fears? I don't think I missed that. And Kamala Harris says that she would be treated differently if. Like any of her 48 predecessors, she were a white male. That is her contention. She would be treated differently. And she has a voice on Fox News, Leslie Marshall, saying that Kamala Harris is indeed subjected to extra scrutiny because she is a woman who is some portion African-American. I think she's held to a higher standard because there still are a few Americans who don't like it when their vice president says, I've been to the border. And then Lester Holt says, no, really, you haven't been to the border. When have you been to the border? She goes, well, I haven't been to Europe either. (laughs) See, we have a virulent objection to incompetence. Not white incompetence or black incompetence or Latinx incompetence, just to incompetence. We prefer not to have incompetent leaders. But Kamala Harris, like Barack Obama before her, cannot bear to think that you could possibly disagree with them on the merit of their policies or on the inadequacy of their positions or behaviors. No, if you disagree, it has to be based in race. So I ask, who's the racist? If you view everything through the prism of race, The people who disagree with you disagree with you solely because your skin is of a certain color or you are born of a certain ethnicity or you are born of a certain gender. If everything in your life is viewed through that prism, race, gender, ethnicity, who's the racist? I think it's very obvious who the racist is. It's the person who sees everything through that particular prism. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.